Once again, we welcome you to Moving Forward with Young Voices here on the Fed by Ravens Media Network. I'm glad to have you here. We are welcoming our first uh, our first contributor to our first segment. That is Sam Lewis, uh, checking in from the UK today. Uh, Sam, not only are you a Young Voices contributor, but tell me about the East Asia Insider blog. Well, thank you so much for having me. Um, so the Young Voices, as you know, it was sort of people like me the reason i got involved is it's it's a great chance to sort of talk from a um a a free market free idea perspective and get some ideas out into the media um that we sort of have it instead of sort of a lot of the left-wing bias you see at the moment but the east asia insider that i started that a few about a year ago now and the reason i did it was i thought that we don't have enough proper understanding of of east asia especially within the uk i think within america there's a bit more understanding but even then we can always understand more because the statistics within the uk there's only about a thousand a thousand five hundred per year who are learning chinese as a language and within china there are millions and millions learning english and i'm sure the numbers within america as well there's probably a few tens of thousands but it's not a substantial amount of learning chinese or oriental languages for that matter so I started it as a way to sort of introduce, uh, in a modest way, to introduce the people that would read it to, to Chinese culture, Chinese takes on events, because um, I read a lot of Chinese media. And it's, it's sort of introducing a bit of history into it as well, bringing in why the Chinese or, or why the Japanese or the Koreans view modern day events in the way that they do. And and there have been some pretty notable modern day events. Uh, you know, the United States pulling out of Afghanistan um, is is causing some interesting shifts in um, you know in in the power structure of of that side of the world. Talk to me about. Uh, I know there has been some talk here lately of well, now the U.S. pulling out of there. Um, many are openly saying that, that it's a failure. They're saying this is indicative. I think China particularly has been telling Taiwan, see, they won't have your back either. And uh, and I'm looking at an article you wrote that says, hey, that is not necessarily true. Taiwan still can count on the U.S. Walk us through what, what's taking place as a result of Afghanistan and then talk to us a little bit about the history between Taiwan and the U.S. and, and why um, the, these can't really be reasonably compared to each other. So I think to understand how the Chinese have viewed what we've all seen in the last few weeks is to take this back a few months and sort of Towards the end of July, on July 28th, they met with the Taliban within Tianjin. And they, the reason they did that, and it's caused a sort of a ruckus at the time around the world, because, you know, why are the leaders of a country of 1.5 billion people meeting, well, effectively terrorists? Um, and the fact is that Afghanistan is on the border with China. You know, they share a border. And whenever there's instability within border regions, of China, um, whether it's in Pakistan or within even Russia uh, or Uzbekistan, um, that usually leads to problems within China. So they took an interest early on within the withdrawal of the US and have sort of laid down seeds within Afghanistan with both sides. It wasn't just the Taliban. It was also with the Afghan national government. But the Chinese have firm interests within Afghanistan, and they've always um wanted to establish a presence there. And that's why once the Americans pulled out, 
they have kept their embassy sort of running and they've kept their embassy helping their people in the local area. Um, and that's for a number of reasons. Um, number one, they want to improve their economic links. Um, the China-Pakistan Economic Corridor, for example, which runs right next to the border with Afghanistan, is worth $60 billion US dollars. That's part of the Belt and Road Initiative. And they want to make sure that's safe. Number two, within Xinjiang, of course, there's a problem. Uh, the Chinese are, try- are currently suppressing the Uyghur population. And within Afghanistan, you have uh, a terrorist organization called the East Turkestan Islamic Movement, which is effectively harboring violent sort of uh, Uyghur extremists who want to create an independent Xinjiang. And this is where the Chinese want to make sure that the Taliban don't allow this terrorist organization, and it is a terrorist organization, to sort of have a safe harbor within Afghanistan. Don't forget the reason America went into Afghanistan to begin with was because of terrorism. Um, And in terms of, to go sort of to this particular article and why I said the the two are not comparable between Afghanistan and Taiwan, it's just that once, uh, a couple of weeks ago, when when it all sort of went, when when Kabul fell, when it all started to go a bit, um, what's the right phrase to use on daytime radio, when it didn't go very well. Sideways. Um, (laughs) (laughs) When it didn't go very, when it went sideways, as you say. Um, The problem was that people, especially within the Chinese media and also within America and within Taiwan, people were getting jittery. People were thinking, what if they do this to Afghanistan? And they did it within Vietnam. One, they could do this to anyone. They could do this to Korea. They could do this to Japan, not necessarily Taiwan. But with Taiwan, I just didn't see that reaction. I thought it, the problem we have in the modern day world, I find, is that we overreact to events and we get a bit too worried and, and we start to overthink things. And I saw a bit of overthinking within coming into mainstream media. And I thought, well, I've got to write an article that counters this. And there are many differences between Taiwan and Afghanistan. Firstly, Taiwan came about as democracy all by itself. America wasn't propping it up. Um, it's been a strong, stable democracy since the 1990s. And ultimately, you know, they have turnouts of 70% um, coming into their, into their elections. And within Afghanistan, this was simply not the case. Um, and given that the American role now within the world is to uphold the international order, and Biden has stated that this is the case, um, it shows that they are more likely to come to Taiwan's aid than to Afghanistan's aid. Number two, America has been present within East Asia since the end of the Second World War. They've been there for over 70 years. Now, the stated aim of going into Afghanistan was ultimately because of 9-11. It was to get rid of terrorists and to attack the people that attacked America. The reason we're in East Asia, or the reason America is in East Asia, is in order to uphold the international order. These are two very different things. And I think that America ultimately believes that the international order and freeing up resources to look after the international order is more important. And that's why they will stay within East Asia. And should Taiwan be attacked, I do think America would come to their aid. Finally, the political will within America to defend Taiwan is quite high. I mean, I, I quoted some statistics within the the, uh, the article I wrote where, um, you know, negative impression of, of China is currently about 70%. And positive impression of Taiwan is about 55%. And, and people within America do want to come to Taiwan's aid. While within Afghanistan, for the last 10 years, people have been wanting to get out. For the last 10 years, it's been about 60%, 70% have wanted to withdraw. And that's not just within America. That's within other NATO allies. Um, and so I, I just saw this sort of you know, response. And I saw um, 
the way people were starting to compare Afghanistan and Taiwan, I thought that's just not right. You know, I, I think that something needs to be said that uh, that ultimately backs up America because America is obviously coming under a lot of um, uh, a lot of questions are being asked about whether it's doing enough now, whether it will come to the aid of, of, of smaller countries in future, whether it is a reliable ally. And I think America always will be. Do you see uh, an inevitable collision between the Chinese and um, U.S., you know, just in the direction I'm talking, their governments, the, the direction that these governments are going, each of them has an immense amount of power. China clearly has has taken its place on the world stage. Does that mean the two toughest kids on the block going to going to uh, come to disagreement at some point? Well, there's been a lot said about this Thucydides trap, which is every rising power will you know have a fight with the power that's dominant. And I mean, America and China share a lot. They're both very ambitious countries they're both very competitive um you know just look at the pre just look at the olympics that just passed the both countries were very eager to get top of the medal table and finally i do find americans and chinese are, are very similar they're both very nice people when you meet them um and as i say incredibly competitive they're also they don't care about world opinion america and china are the two countries that don't care what others think um which is arguably a good thing because they they do the right thing for, for their citizens, which, you know, can bring prosperity to their citizens. And when a lot of people are, are behind America, for example, that brings a lot of prosperity to the rest of the world. Now, are they guaranteed to get into um, a war of some sort or conflict? This all depends. I, I do fear that at the moment you're seeing an arms race. Both countries, are, are, are China especially, is investing heavily within its navy, is investing heavily within its military. Xi Jinping recently said that you know it is at the forefront and, and will be at the forefront for the next few years. And you can take comparisons from history. If you look at Germany in the early 1900s, it's, it's very similar to that. Um, but I do not think we are yet on, on, on course for a conflict because China is firstly not ready for it. I don't think they're ready to retake Taiwan, which is potentially the only way a conflict would come about. I think that within the South China Sea. There's potential for conflict there, but they, they are establishing military contacts. They, they will have a hotline between the Department of Defense and, and the military commission that has taken a while uh, to set up. Sam, and I, I, I got to stop it, you here because we are, we are up against the clock. Sam Lewis, thank you so much for your time, and thanks for the insights on, on the difference here between Afghanistan and Taiwan. Appreciate visiting with you. Thanks very much.